So I want to start talking about two guys who were iconic figures in part of the childhood and my adulthood. First, Marv Albert, after 55 years, is retiring. Called his last game just the other night, the Milwaukee Bucks uh, going to the NBA Finals. But he was the voice of the Knicks, Rangers, the Nets, did the NBA on TNT, football on NBC, and he did the pregame of the game of the week on NBC. And the game of the week was, you know, big when we were growing up because, well, living in New York, you had you got to see the National American League teams because you had the Mets and the Yankees. But if you lived in a city that only had American League team, you didn't get to see, like, the Cubs play the Cardinals. So every Saturday afternoon, you get to see a game from a different, you know, like the Cardinals playing the Cubs, the Dodgers playing the Giants, which if you weren't a, you know, a Mets fan or, you know, with the Yankees, you got to see every game of American League. You got to see every game in the National League when the Mets were on the road. So he was did the pregame for that. But he called the Knicks championships unbelievable in, in basketball. But even as great as he was at basketball, and he is amazing, when he would do the Ranger games on radio, Growing up, there was nothing better than Marv Albert. As good as Doc Emmerich, and Doc Emmerich is great. I'm not taking anything away. But Marv Albert, listen to him on radio, calling the game. It was amazing. And that's when they had, like, you know, Gilbert, Rattel, Hatfield. I'm talking the 70s. and it, what, He's amazing. One of the best. 55 years to do it. One of the greatest broadcasters ever, without a doubt. Marv Albert. I mean, you guys know I, him from just I, doing the NBA and... and he does football. He did football on NBC, but unbelievable. It was yeah. I became aware of him probably for something he'd like to forget, but right. yeah, no. But, but that voice, everyone knows. Yeah, that voice. When he was yes. Would you say yes yeah. when they would? Or you know, it was unbelievable. And he no, did it. He did the hockey with uh, Sal Redlight Messina. He gave him the nickname because he was a goalie, Sal Messina. So they he called it, nicknamed him Redlight, but he was amazing. He and called Jonathan, him Red Light? He called him Red Light. That was his nickname because, you know, it was a goop. Because Marv Albert had a good sense of He was really, he was yeah, no, very he was, good. He was really funny, Marv He's a New York guy. I remember Marv he would be on Letterman. That's how he I was kind on of, Letterman. He, he, on did Letterman Car- he even did Carson, you know, yeah. because he was the the guy. Yeah. Marv Albert was. No, he's a cool guy, Marv So Marv. good. And plus I'm saying like he's dead, but yeah, he's a cool No, guy, but yeah. 55 years, he's like 79, 80 years old. But to do it from your 24 to 79 years, 55, never missing a, and do it not just being locked into one sport. Like some guys can't do, they can do hockey, they can't do basketball. They can do basketball, they can't do hockey. He did football, pregame baseball. He did, you know, everything. He was he was great. And also John Facenda is going to be the recipient of the Pete Rizzell Radio and TV Award. Now he was the voice of NFL films for decades. And he, you know, was made the iconic for the frozen, you know, tundra of Lambeau Field. But he, the thing that's the best thing that he, well, one of the best things he did is the poem the autumn wind that described the Oakland Raiders '74 yearbook, because every you know every team would get the, and he would do the the voiceover for all of them. Mm-hmm. But that one, if you can listen to it, get it on YouTube. His voice, unbelievable. He was the voice of the NFL because this is way before you had ESPN, you had um, you know Fox Sports, whatever. You only got like the NFL Network. You only got, you know, you only got the replays of it every, once a week to hear the games. And he did, unbel- he was unbelievable. So I'm happy for him. Even though he's passed away, he passed away in 1984. But posthumously, he's getting that, the award. That guy he's, was dead a year before I was born, and I still... 
everybody remember, knew it. Remember he, his voice. Yeah, you have to. I mean, he was he's I, it was one of the and he was a, a, a newsman in, in Philadelphia. He did the news, and that's where NFL Films is based out of Philadelphia. They asked him to do it. Ed St- Sable and his son Steve Sable, who wrote the poem, "The Autumn Wind," for the Raiders. But it's iconic, iconic, and he was he was the best. He I, was I so good. Really care much at all about football or what the Oakland Raiders, whatever. From right, but, but right. Now the Las Vegas Raiders. Las Vegas but Raiders. Game. But if you hear that voice, even if you have a, it's so in the culture. Oh yeah. Uh, like, like it's it's in grit. Like a lot of people, you'd say, I guess, often imitated, never duplicated, never duplicated. Yeah, you couldn't find anybody. Once he did that, it was like trying to follow, like you know, the greats of the great of anything. You can't follow, you know. It's and, like and everything with the uh, NFL. Films presents was it NFL Films presents right right that 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 production is like nothing else you had almost like Star Wars where they brought in like beautiful orchestral music put yep. behind this and they would create put behind it they'd have composers stories. put the music to the to the games it was crazy but what it grew to for it started in the sixties to what it is now is amazing yeah. but Dad I just want to ask one quick question yeah. because you kind of talked about it a little bit yeah so the way it was. You know, before everything, you only got the games that were in your market. Was the only way you'd really see a game, and then like maybe one Sunday before, because well, before you had Monday, Monday Night, Night Football, football at right. stars. You had Monday Night Football, but you only had the Giants and the Jets because you lived in you know that was the AFL then, and then the NFL with the Giants. But you didn't have like you had the pregame show, mm-hmm. which started twelve to one o'clock, but you didn't have the the week. Of yeah. games that were talked about, you didn't have everyone replay like the end. There was no NFL Network, right? There's no ESPN when it first, you know, they didn't come until the late seventies. So you had, growing up, they would do like a little clip of each game, right? The Cardinals playing the Giants, the you know the Rams playing the Packers, whatever it was, and he'd do a little blurb of each game and everything. But or they'd pick the one game of the week and he would do that, or but you didn't have what you have now. The NFL is. First of all, dominates. Yeah, it dominates. Uh, you know, sport anyway. Even though this dead period now, they're not talking about Aaron Rodgers for three weeks, but because the camps are closed until July. Right, right. And then it'll take over. They'll do their everything. But in the for the NFL, he was the voice, and you couldn't wait. Saturday, they would put him on Saturday night. You get the games, all the games. He would do a little voiceover, or they do the specials with the Raiders or whatever it was. But it's. How, well, look, you have the Major League Baseball Network, you have the Tennis Network, you didn't have anything like this, but the way he did it and broke down the, you know, just the script the way it was, the way he read it, it was amazing. It was amazing. Yeah, the NHL Network, all that. You had nothing like that growing up until like ESPN hit and then boom. Yeah. But nobody could do it like, like he could. And Marv Albert was New York sports voice. He was the best at doing the Knicks, the Rangers, forget about it. There was nobody better. But he's not going to be calling the NBA Finals. That's going to be on ABC. And Mike Breen, who does a good job, is going to do it. But your team, or should I say your your man? I think, I think more. It's more my man than my team. Chris, Paul, and the Phoenix Suns are in the NBA Finals. First time in his 16-year career. They're there. Yep. So he's got his chance now to go from what everybody says is a great point guard to now if he wins a championship he's going to be considered better because he won a championship so you got a little info on chris for me here you want to uh well i'm a, I'm a little bummed that mr basketball 
Stephen isn't here. That's true. To, to, to That's true. All this, but I um, often talk about how uh, you know I don't really get into sports. Is always it takes a little bit for me to get into it. But when I get into it, I they're I, more I, personality driven. Absolutely, than the absolutely. And what got me into having any cultural awareness of Chris Paul was uh, I was watching Real Sports with Brian Gumble, and they did a um, a feature on on Chris Paul, and I had seen him before in the um, the Cliff Paul. I think they're all state commercials or now um, State Farm. State Farm. They're they're insurance commercials. And they're they're you know pretty funny where he right, was like right. Chris Paul's nerdy brother. Or whether right. he was the insurance man, but we had an episode where we talked a lot about LeBron James, and there's no question of LeBron James' greatness. But I just want to give you some reasons why, you know, like I, I don't know if you can say someone deserves a title, but I think if anyone deserves, he's a, worked hard to get. He's worked to where hard, he's but like he's just an exceptional person. I, I like he's he's an amazing man. So he's a Two-time Olympic gold medalist, okay. T- Team America with uh, with basketball, uh, MVP, All-Star, Rookie of the Year, 2006. We're also the same age. Well, he's a, got a couple of months on me, but we're this, the same age. Everyone in the league pretty much universally adores him. He's uh, universally called the most modest man in the game, which you can't help but respect that. Absolutely. Um, not that this really matters, but... Uh, He's never drank. I've never drank, so it's just kind of a, you know, it's not that it matters at all. There's so there no, you nothing go. bad. It's just a fun fact. Um, but what really gets uh, interesting about him is uh, he's from North Carolina. Uh-huh. Uh, really, really close with his family. His grandfather was the first black man to ever own a gas station in uh, North Carolina. Really? So Chris Paul would work there over the summers, and uh, the, his grandfather was his hero. When he was scouted, a bunch of uh, teams, of course, wanted him for for college. Uh-huh. Uh, but he decided to play in Wake Forest because he could still be close to his family. Now, the story takes a turn. Um, sadly, the day after he got signed, his grandfather was murdered. By, really? By five people. They, they robbed him, murdered him, and left him to die. They duct taped him on the street. Oh, jeez. And left him to die, and he died of, of a heart attack. Wow. Uh, yeah, it's it's crazy. His grandfather was only sixty one, so um, uh, Chris Paul played a game his one of his last high school games where he wanted to score a basket for every year. It, he wanted to get sixty one points, right, for his to honor his grandfather. Now before that, he had never scored more than thirty. Really? So he plays this game, and of course, he, he scores gets- the sixty one points. Uh, after that, he fouls out. And just walks off the court. Wow. So he, I mean, like, the, the man is amazing. He's the head of the Players Association. He was uh, responsible for that bubble for the last year, right? There would be no bubble, bubble without him. And he became, I can't remember what year it was, but it was the year after the lockout season of the NBA. Mm-hmm. And he, he's kind of responsible for building the NBA to, I think, you know, we've talked about a lot in this podcast, where it's grown from... You have a guy like me interested in, right. in, in the NBA. It's become right. a really frenetic, interesting league. And well, it's you, a personality league. It's a There's personality, a lot of yeah. different personalities. you got KD, you got LeBron, you got Chris Paul. They're all the James Harden. you got a lot of different guys. But Chris Paul has always been considered one of the best point guards. Now, if he wins a championship, is this going to elevate him even more? Or just getting to the finals 
will that be the difference, you know, where people say, oh, you know, Chris Paul never got to the finals. He was on a lot of different teams. He couldn't couldn't win. He was he was with Houston. They were up, and then they lose. They, he was been in, in, in you know, um, in conference finals before, but his team never made it over the hump. He's been injured in, in, in games, yeah. and things have happened, but this is this is the chance right here. I, I mean, agree. and he took a young team. Yeah, you know, the Suns. I mean, at the beginning of the year, and like I said, you know, Mr. NBA is not here, but Mike, I don't think the Suns were like prohibitive favorites to get to the NBA Finals. It was the Clippers, Lakers, that type, and then look what the the, the Suns have done. And it, sometimes it's just that one guy. Yeah, that you know knows how to handle the pressure and and, and can deal with it with younger players. It's, well, it's yeah. The cool thing that I did in preparation for the podcast, I found online they had the old uh, HBO Sports thing that I watched about Chris Paul. Right, real sports, the right, real right, sports right. thing, and that was eight years ago now. I think or around eight years ago yeah. when he was with the Clippers. And unfortunately, they were saying the same things then right. as they're saying now. It's like he's this amazing guy. He's this great guy, but he still hasn't gotten that championship. We always get that. You're good, but yeah, you and know it, what I mean. And then that's that's what it is. If you have that stigma, yeah, but can he get his team to the finals? Is he good enough to get the team to the finals? And it happens with like you know a lot of players. But when you've been around that long, that's going to be the talk. Sixteen years, never been to a finals, never never did it, you know, like that. But yeah, he's he's been another thing that I found interesting. He's been in the NBA as long as I've been at my job. So it's like you know, there's, there's just a lot of similarities. I mean, well, I'm not comparing myself to, you know to Chris I mean? Paul, and, and I think you're future Hall of Famers at your job and what Chris Paul does. So, I mean, there's just a lot, a lot of things that are working here. One hopes that, you know, they retire my jersey, but... They may put one of your sports coats up in the rafters, Zach. That might be the way to go there. That that would be it. it it's, you know, again, it was it's frustrating that that's the conversation had about Chris Paul. There's just one more thing about his personality I want sure, to bring sure. up. So, it was five young men that robbed and murdered his grandfather. Right. Chris Paul has gone on to forgive them. Wow. And has worked to get them released from prison. Really? Which I can't even imagine. Like I had no idea there's that much of the backstory to... Uh, because he's not the kind of guy to brag about that. So. No. So, yeah. That's he, amazing. We wouldn't have had a... Uh, the, I mean, the, the bubble was... The bubble wouldn't have existed. Let's just hope the... I, I think the Suns are going to win it in six. I think they're going to beat the Bucks in six. Especially if Giannis doesn't play. Well, I, I thank God that I have Steven and Michael because I can talk about who Chris Paul is as a person, but Stephen and Michael have been um, really kind of yeah, texting and I, me and giving me context because like, they'll, they'll tell me, okay, not only did they win, but Chris Paul got this many points in the game. And like he, the last game, I think you told me, it was he got 41 points in his last game, or was that... Yeah, yes, I think yeah. in yeah, the most recent, like not the game, that the, the, the game three win, the one where they went three and out, uh, he got 41 points and then he also had made 36 free throws in a row. I'm not I'm not a basketball player and I couldn't hit the shots. How can you not as a basketball player hit free throws? Like there's some people have like a 30%, 40% free throw percentage. Right. When you I don't care if you're center, point guard, power forward, anything like you know, you're going up to the line, nobody's there, you have a free shot, a free throw. 
and people just cannot hit that, and it's like... That was always a joke about Shaq, right? Like, yes. he never hit a three for the... Thing. And he had one of the weirdest shots, too, like, just, I, I mean, but I guess Shaq's whole thing, you know, he's big. Yeah. yeah, he would body you in the paint, and that would be it, but it's like, as a basketball player, that is your profession, that's what you do. It was, like, amazing that you can't hit a free throw, that's, like, your... So, it's like Chris Paul going 37 in a row, especially in the playoffs, mm-hmm. to then lead his team to a win, because... Games like two and three of the series in this most before they got to the, in the Western Conference Finals all went down to like it was a two or three points like differential. It wasn't a they, there was never really a big blowout win. Yeah, there was the one that had the uh, you know the alley oop from the uh, out of bounds with point nine seconds right, left right, right, to right. get the win. It was there was crazy like that shouldn't really go in too. That's not a play that happens often with 0.9 seconds left in inbound alley-oop to win the game. So Well, yeah, when you talk about free throws, you know, like at Ben Simmons with the 76ers. Yeah. The guy can't make a free throw. Yeah, he plays 36. He's afraid to touch the ball. He played, uh, what is it, in the, in the elimination game. the, the when, the, when the 76ers got eliminated, right, he right. played 36 minutes and only took, I think, four shots. Yeah, yeah. Do you think that's almost like a, a case of the yips kind of situation where it's like it's supposed to be easy, you're supposed to do this, and you know, it becomes it's, so much it's, harder? It's a yips, or it's it's a mental thing that you could just you because it's all eyes are on you at that point. Yeah, you know, like Giannis for the Bucks has to you know dribble it like ten times, like boom before, yeah. and then people are counting it, and it's the the pressure of making it when there's nobody around you. That's, you know, for some of them, it's the hardest thing to do. With Ben Simmons, they're saying that he has to just start from scratch again with his shot and the whole bid. But when you have a guy like uh, Chris Paul or your point guard who's going to touch the ball a lot, you've got to make free throws because you're a distributor to the, you know, to, and if you can't make them, they're going to foul you. That's what they do to Ben Simmons. That's why he didn't want to touch the ball in the finals in, in the last game. He's passing it up. I don't want to get the ball. I don't want to get the ball at all. There was always a joke, too, because it was like Ben Simmons was being guarded by Trey Young, who was great. He was great in the play before. But it was like, are you really worried, Ben Simmons, like uh, 6'6", 6'7", that you're worried about Trey Young? Who's yeah. like, you know, like, really? Yeah. That's who you can't, you don't think you can just post them up? Post them up like, or, or just, fa- exactly, and, and that's it. So Ben Simmons had a, you know, that's, it's all mental with that. It's all mental. It and becomes as, that as a, way. As a point guard, and I've learned this, uh, Chris Paul has four times won the assist leader of the, the Oh, NBA. he was an assist leader four times. Four times. Very nice. Four times. And the six-time uh, steal leader. I did my homework. You did I know, your homework. I know, I know what an assist is. We just don't is. know how good they did last year with Phoenix. We have to look at that just to get it. Because I don't want to uh, shortchange him. I can bring the personality side of this. We don't have Mr. Basketball. We don't have Mr. Basketball. Um, but I, I just... So I, we both all agree that we think... We're, or we're going the Suns. Yeah. We're saying the Suns One here. thing I thought was interesting, at least, like because you know a lot of people hate the super teams, was, and this is even before the Bucks eliminated the Hawks, but it was like, okay, if, like, if you take the stars on each team... Devin Booker and Chris Paul for the Suns, Giannis with the you know Bucks, right. Trey Young with the, uh, you with know, the Hawks. Hawks. Yeah, there's all of those guys have never won a title to this point in their career. Correct. And when you've watched the past like ten seasons, it's been Steph Curry or LeBron James. It's pretty nice to see whoever wins this year now being the Bucks versus Suns. It's going to be their first title. And it yeah. would be that's an interesting. Well, the thing Bucks too. won in '74 when they when they well, had. Like but I'm talking stars, about yeah, Kurt, yeah yes, but that, as, that we're going that back. That would definitely back be there. the first for uh, right. 
Which I think is just super cool, though. Because, like, 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 like the, the super teams are whatever, and that's great, and you need it. And we've talked a lot about how it's done a lot for basketball. Right, super teams. right. But how cool is it to have, like, position players kind of just playing well and, and playing the system and kind of grinding it out? Because, I mean, again, I've got not much to compare it to, but these have been exciting games for the most part, right? I mean, right. like, and... Mm-hmm. and Especially if you, you're rooting for the Suns and they're yeah. winning. You know what I mean? That's yeah. the thing. That's yeah. that's it. But, but I feel like this finals, as you know, you're watching the Suns versus Bucks, it's going to be a lot better than watching like what everybody thought this year, like AD, LeBron, and the Lakers versus KD and the Kyrie and Harden right. on the Nets. Right. You know, it was like nobody, as much as it did help the league and it does, think, you know, it. Not many fans want to watch these stars just jam pack a team and then just vie for a championship every year. Yeah, we'll see it's, with the the Rays. It'll be interesting to see because Phoenix is not like your your major major market of of uh, of teams, and uh, you know it, Phoenix is not. And Milwaukee, I mean, let's be honest about it. It's not your your no. major your major city right now. So I mean, right now it's not like you know the hub of the the, the world right there, but. We'll see what the ratings are going to be with, you know, Chris Paul, with Giannis from the... If, if he can play. I know he's been hurt. He hyperextended his knee. See if that can, you know, if he can play. He may not play the first game or two games, but can he play at all in the series? We'll, we'll see. So you two guys think... In five or six games. I think six games. Six I'm going games. Suns in six. And well, I was think... saying six if Giannis is back. Without right. him, it's going to be five. But do you... Because, like, I basically need to now gauge how... Because I'm, I'm getting pretty excited at this point because I really liked it. Do you think, how do these two teams stack up to each other for a layman? Who do you think, do, does, does anyone have an edge, would you say? Well, it's hard to say because you've got the momentum with, with the Suns going through the West, taking out the Clippers, even though the Kawhi didn't play for them. He was hurt. But in this, I think, you know, you look, gotta look at Milwaukee. They were so close to being eliminated. By the Nets, I yeah. mean you know if Durant hits a couple of sh- more shots, mm. they're out, and then it's it. We're looking at you know maybe the Nets in, in the finals. I think it's going to be a, a close series because you don't have you have Giannis and Chris Paul are the two big guys here, and Devin Booker too for the for the Suns that you you know the names the household names. They got a lot of good role players. In Milwaukee, they've got a lot of good players on 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 the Suns too. I would say it, it's going to be close. If Giannis plays, a lot of people would. Could play the whole series. I think they would take the Bucks, mm-hmm. but since he's out, I think it'll be close. The games will be close defensively. If if Milwaukee can beat him up inside, because they got Brooke Lopez who did it the other night, played really well against the Hawks. If you can't stop him inside, even so they say you know it's an outside league now in the threes. If you got a big man who can dominate and go at him, I, I just think it's Chris Paul's time in the Suns. I mean, I don't like. I said we don't have Mr. Basketball well, like here to break. I like that. It's Chris Paul's time in the Suns. That's good. and the Suns. That's the way to go with it. But that's going to be an exciting. I think it's going to be an exciting series. Now what we could turn to Michael, which has not been a really great t- finals, as at this time Tampa Bay is up three zip against the Canadians, and there's like no sign of life here with the Canadians. But you called. You said Tampa Bay would probably win it. Yeah. Earlier on, every, is it just... every prediction I've done has been what team would have the best chance of beating Tampa Bay. Right, and I still held saying, I you know Colorado got eliminated by Vegas, then Vegas got eliminated by Montreal. Both of those teams would be putting up more of a fight than Montreal is right now. I mean, game three, 
three minutes into the game, they were down two nothing to the Lightning already. Right. And and that was at the Forum in Montreal, their first playoff finals game they've had there since 1993. Right. But it's just been yeah, it's been pretty pretty boring. These are the and this is even as a hockey fan, as I've been biased and said I've definitely been against the Lightning from the start. You don't want to see a sweep in the finals. Yeah. You know, you want to see it get interesting. Even even if it's your... I mean, like, the only time you're not as if it's your team. If you're a Tampa Bay Lightning fan right now, you probably don't care if they win in four. Well, you know, but as a as a fan, as a hockey fan, it's just it's not, it's just not a good series. It's just really... Building up to this, there was a lot of Game 7s in these playoff series before. Yeah. They were really exciting series. This one just is like... Well, Islanders fans right now are just kicking themselves wishing they could have scored that goal because the Eastern Conference Finals went to a Game 7 and the Lightning won it 1-0. One nothing. One nothing. And the way the the Islanders took the Lightning to seven games, Islanders fans are saying, like, if we could have gotten that one goal, this would be, you know, the first win for the Islanders in years because Montreal right. right now just is sleepwalking into the series. I mean, they beat... Obviously, they came back. They were down three to one to the uh, Maple Leafs. Right. They beat the Maple Leafs, but which I everybody beats the Maple Leafs when they're up say, three to one or whatever. The I Maple mean, Leafs know. have gone about fifteen years now without winning their first round, their first playoff round. So it's like the Montreal. I mean, the uh, to, Toronto Maple Leafs are in their own head. I feel like more than anything, right? right. They. They kind of, I guess, they went up 3-1, and they kind of thought they were going to go the next series, so they were already looking ahead, and that's what got them. Then somehow, again, I don't know how the Jets swept Connor McDavid and the Oilers, but the Jets weren't a really good team, honestly. They were pretty, pretty lower end of the spectrum there. They were supposed to be playing the top team in the Oilers, and then all their faults showed against Montreal, who then called up this new kid, Cole Caulfield, who he had... One of the best years, he won the you know gold medal for uh, America, like for the juniors. Then he won the Holby Baker as the best college uh, player. Right. Then he uh, got called up for his first NHL season, like a little bit before the playoffs. So he was st- he, he there was a lot of controversy about why they didn't start him originally in the playoffs. But then eventually they put him in the lineup. He was the kind of spark. They led the team. They won. They swept the Jets, and then. You know they they went hard uh, to Vegas. That was I think they they beat Vegas in six games, right. and though two of those games are just in overtime, but it's just now you're seeing it was just honestly they all ran the out play- of gas. Yeah, Carey Price brought them into the playoff into the finals too. He was five and zero like when facing like elimination games. He was only letting in an average of like it was crazy. His goals against average was a point nine nine in all elimination games. Like he was letting in a hair less than a goal a game. Yeah, right. So right. he really brought them there. But then again, he he said his his save percentage for the series is like a point eight two or something like that. He said that his play isn't isn't good enough to win a, a title but if it, but he it's got not, him there yeah he got it's not only up to the goalie we saw this with Henrik Lundqvist a goalie yeah, right. cannot single-handedly win you a Stanley Cup you and that is which unfortunately was the Rangers uh entire plan for too many seasons <laughs> right, we'll, get, yes. we'll get one goal 
and then we'll hold back and yeah, we'll play defense. That was defense the Tom right. Tom Rennie's entire strategy for a couple of seasons. Was that was yeah? <laughs> we'll score one goal and then Hank will have to be a brick John wall. Tortorella, you know that was his whole. <laughs> he was also know, a psychopath. <laughs> yes, it was all my offensive players need to play defense and block shots and never try to score once we get the first goal. Yeah, but so that and that's basically as now as a Rangers fan, you're clearly seeing what has happened every year for you. Which is now what's happening to the Canadians. It's just you went into the finals thinking if we can hold them to one goal a game. But again, and I've mentioned this many times, and I can't keep using this as an excuse because Tampa Bay is great powerhouse team. But they're eighteen million over the cap, and that's how they have players like Killorn, Palat, Tyler Johnson, who got two goals in Game Three. Uh, who is it? Hedman, Kucherov, Stamkos, Kucherov, who he got. He, he's leading, he led last season, which they won the Stanley Cup then, right. with 34 points in the playoffs. He is now one game away from winning the Stanley Cup, and he has 32 points in the playoffs. And they're going this back year. to back. Yeah, yeah. Right? I, I, and and what is a little funny stat, too, because of the odd thing with COVID and the way uh, what happened. Victor Hedman, who was the defenseman on the uh, Lightning, as I previously mentioned, he now in the calendar year for this has gotten a goal in all 12 months. Which obviously there's an off season for hockey, but right, not with yeah. Coe. So he he set an NHL record of being the first wow. player ever to get a goal and in all twelve that months. Will never be beat. <laughs> yes, yeah, right. again, hopefully because have to have nobody wants to, uh, nobody to break wants that to. record. But see, these are the these are the records I'm talking about: scoring and you know the regular season, this and that. Because it's like there's nothing to talk about in this finals. The only right. way I can even see this going to a five games is if Tampa just wants to win the cup on their home ice. You know, game four is going to back. It's Montreal. There is nothing worse than watching a team win the Stanley Cup on not their home ice. Like, that's also a very... Yeah, because none of the streamers go, you know, like, and, like, like nothing mm. happens. They, you know, the lights go, whatever, but the fans are empty. The stands are just gone. The two fans who made it there from, like, the actual away team are down by the board screen. But that's about, you know. Yeah, it's it's just the. Well, the, football's the only one that's played on a neutral site. Yes. Right, which is smart. Right. But, you, like, you know, know. but it's the one game. Yeah, it's so one you know, game. You, yeah, yeah. But it is weird, like, you know, when, especially last year when the Dodgers won the World Series and there's nobody, in, you know, they're just like, 24 guys running on the field but there's no it was yeah, like no what a thousand people in the state, you know what I mean or when they win the cup like you said and the other ten they're booing or whatever yeah. or they're walking it's not that safe you can hear everybody talking on the ice when they're yeah but if you win it like the Rangers did at home it's yeah. a totally different feeling you're like oh my god you're celebrating with the fans and the whole bit or whenever yeah. it's won at home there has much to be better. like a total different feeling as of winning like i get when you win the title especially because you never know if you're going to win another one it's right. got to be an amazing feeling but it's got to be so different when you win in an empty silent stadium as opposed yeah. to in front of your fans unless you got like maybe 500 of your fans that came and you get to yeah. go right there but when you have an arena with yeah. 19 20 000 screaming just... for you and I mean, well, I guess. But I think kind of, you'll take it, though, either yeah, way. To say, I won the cup, you that's know. That's the victory that this Tampa team deserves. Like, Michael keeps saying, and I couldn't agree more with Michael, that, like, yes, th- no matter what, Tampa would be in the discussion and would probably get to the Stanley Cup finals. But they're $18 million over the cap. And you right. have, in hockey, I don't know if it's more than that in the sport, but that really, really matters. The talent that you can have on your team. 
It's it's just you're going well, in with you, an unfair advantage. Yeah, you have like it's you know I'm not going to go into a whole thing on the cat because there's been teams of in the past of circumvented the cat not in this necessarily way and not being the team that has won the cup last year, been the best team in the league without your two best players because again. Steven Stamkos and Nikita Kucherov, two undeniably the two best players on the Lightning, but also two of the top five best players in the league. And they didn't, your team was the best team in the East, and you made it to the playoffs without them. And then you add them and think they're not playing on the same line. Because that's the thing that we've talked about too is okay, you could play in basketball, but like Kevin Durant, he played every single minute of that, uh, you know, finals game before, well, you know, his, like, finals game before in the in the second round. And you can't do that in hockey. You're having 30-second to 45-second shifts at a time through four line cycles. You're cycling it constantly throughout the game. Then there's power plays, penalty kills. You don't necessarily, even if you're the best player, play on the penalty kill and or the power play. So you can't play the best player if you have one best player the whole entire game. So having an entirely stacked lineup of all people who could be viably on your first line all the way down to your fourth line, it's just so... Your, your fourth line compared to Montreal's fourth line is just head and shoulders above them. It's so embarrassing to watch the, the play of this game. But that's again, it's, they're going to have to fix this. It's going to be a rule that's going to be you know, changed about you know, how the cap doesn't play an effect in the playoffs and all that, but... You're watching, uh, you know, you're watching a cup win that's really going to be boring, and hopefully next year. When, well, next year everything with, should be hopefully yes. back to normal. Well, because everything's going to be back to normal. You're going to have the 30, because like it or not, winning two Stanley Cups in a row doesn't keep you away from the expansion draft. One of your players from the Lightning is going to Seattle. You're not going to have the cap is going to hit you again in the offseason. You can't sign back everybody. Right. Hopefully they're going to get knocked down a notch after losing a player, maybe losing some people to signings. There's a big Jack Eichel trade, but then also, you know, wherever he goes. But then there's talk of so many players want to go Matthew to Chuck from the, you know, Calgary Flames. So hopefully this offseason pieces are going to be moved around in t- around the entire league. Again, teams playing against everybody in the playoffs not just your same five teams like it was this year when yeah. again you know COVID with yeah. everything I'm not blaming it but when we have an actual real season I'm already looking forward to next year which is you yeah. know again it's it's tough to say because you're in the finals I, I I don't really care about Montreal or Tampa but you want you want to watch it to you know as a hockey fan you want to watch it and enjoy it yeah I you mean, want a seven game down to the wire that yeah. whole bit you know yeah overtime goal scored by whatever and these I mean games haven't even been close like you saw like this one was like it was like six to three the lightning won game three to make it but as every game right. has been more than two goal deficit and it's like Ugh. in hockey two goals you know Might above, as well be ten yeah, yeah. That like soccer at, at a point it's like, like that. that's like a two three possession game in football you know or like you know a 30 plus points lead in uh you know nba you just you want to see it close and for can for the canadians the you i mean like you don't want to get beat by tampa like right. for the, just, one of the original six yeah, getting wiped out that's a yeah. sin i just want to go back to chris paul for a second can i go can i just one thing about him if that's okay sure. this off season he joined the suns Oh, so he was not in the bubble. Right. Okay. Well, he was with... uh, Everybody played in the bubble last year. No, but I mean, he wasn't a part of that 8-0. No, no. So he he visited... (laughs) We'll we'll have to 
Yeah. We show this warts and all, you guys. We, right, we're, we're showing you right here. Not experts, I, I knew okay? I was in trouble when Zach said I'm doing the NBA. So I'm I, kidding. I, I'm, I'm kidding. I'm wearing his totally current so LA Clippers shirt. This offseason, he joined yeah. the Suns via trade, and Phoenix was had the second best record in the league, 51-21. The season before, they finished 34 and 39. So that just tells you what one person, one guy with a different attitude can can change the whole franchise around from, you know, when you're uh, five Ball. days under, you know, you're 34 and 39 to 50 when you're just 17 games difference in, in, you know, one thing. And his, his, his game um, that they won the, to get to the finals, he went, um, he, he had a, it was an incredible game. He scored 31 second half points. Damn. Uh, I mean, he was just unbelievable. He went I, 16 for 24 from this field, 7 and 8 from uh, from three points to lead all scorers with 41 points. He also led him in assists with eight and steals with three. And he didn't commit uh, one single turnover in that game. So when he got to the finish line to say, we got to get here, guys, we don't want a game seven, he just took over the took over the whole game and, and, and – Basically, I said he painted a masterpiece. And it goes to to my lack of uh, preparation. That I don't ne- I don't know the player's name offhand. I want to say Crowder, but I could be wrong. But anyway, he's a player on the Suns who's not like Devin Booker, but he's a, he's like a top five of their he's dev star. But he he attributed Chris Paul. He said joining the team, he was the best thing that happened for my career because when Chris Paul is there, it's like we talk about that because you know you you watch the Last Dance with the Michael Jordan thing. When right. you have somebody who is just a, a just a born leader. And somebody who can just really, no matter if you guys are winning by 30 or losing by 30, he can calm your team down. He can get you in the mindset and tell you nothing's impossible. You know, it's just you can overcome it. And he calmed the team and got them into this finals for, you know, Phoenix. What is Phoenix, you know, really doing in the in their, uh, you know, whole franchise history here? So he really, when you have a guy like that who's just a born leader, it really changes the whole identity of your team, you know. He's just was it DeAndre Ayton you were speaking of? I probably I believe yeah, so. Yeah, the center. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the center for the team. He was just he was the best thing to happen in my career, and that's it. Because when you have a guy like that who could just take control of a game and just lead your team, it it. I mean, that's why I feel like we're all leading towards the Suns for the finals. Yeah, I here. I so I just don't think that there's. I, like I mean, I have followed not the sports, but I've followed Chris Paul ever since I've I've learned about him. I just think he's such a wonderful, wonderful man, and I really hope that he wins this. And he said that you know, I mean, I think the thirty five, thirty six is still pretty young, but he has said that um, he does want to be there for his kids as he gets older. So he would probably retire earlier than he. Well, he I think has he's, I think they're they're looking at. I think he's due to make forty million this coming th- this next year, mm-hmm. but there's talk that he may sign a two or three year deal, uh, like you know, for a little bit less to stay in Phoenix for a couple of more years and, and yeah. do that. But yeah, he'll probably know, be more start what July. I think they start the sixth. The the NBA Finals starts. Steve, so. Steven, actually, Mr. Basketball did text me that they're going to be on. I think it's. It's Tuesday night. Yeah, Tuesday first, night. The first Tuesday game. night. So now yeah. we, we've talked about the NBA. Mm-hmm. Talked about the NHL. Now we've got the Euro Cup. Got the Euros gone, baby. So England is still alive. Not only is England alive, England is on fire. England. Were they the favorites going into this? Or Not no, at all. They weren't, right? No, 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 no. England is never the favorite going into anything. It, more in... Like in American broadcasting, I think that we think, well, England must soccer, be... soccer, you got to yeah, think, right? Yeah, soccer, they must be good. 
Uh, but the English national team has really not... They've only got one World Cup. They've only won right. one World Cup. Uh, I think Germany is now the most winning team with World Cups. I think they have five. It's Germany, I, then Brazil, I think, have the, the most... Most World Cups. The most World Cups. Um, but England is not that great... Uh, Internationally. Internationally, because England almost kind of suffers from what you'll see on a lot of teams where it's like you have a lot of marquee players. Right. And when you put them all on one team, they're not so cohesive together. It's hard to get a a team when you're not... When yeah. you used to like be the, the only... man on your team and then you've got to work together yeah. on a team. It's it's You need guys it's... that are role players, but you need a couple of stars. You know what I mean? Unless... And the only guy I really even knew was... Uh, I had to shout out to Jared Hamill. He's a friend of the podcast. Anyway, he's a big Tottenham Hotspurs fan. Which he's is a Hotspurs fan? Yes. No Spurs. Yes, yeah. so he's a big uh, Hotspurs fan. So I only knew Harry Kane. And I know that he was obviously a great talent, and he, if I'm correct me if I'm wrong, is uh, one of the he's playing on the English national team, and he's one of the reasons he that scored they, like three goals. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah he's, he's he's been. They the, won the their guy. most recent game four nothing, and uh, to this point, they have not allowed a goal so far. Yeah, That's, which is is pretty. I mean, it's in soccer. It's we all know it's not a high scoring game, but the, right now they've had what's called a clean sheet. Like it's if you don't get a goal, it's clean sheets. They've had a clean sheet the entirety of the Euro Cup. And no one was really expecting that this year. I think the, the really interesting thing was the narrative before this whole World Cup was that like Denmark and Belgium might be right. the teams that weirdly won this. And um, Kane, Harry Kane is, I think, one of the best players that England's ever really produced because, well, he internationally. Yeah. Like, because, yeah, he knows how to... Play with that team. Uh, the way it works in, in in English sports is not like you just have like the the captain every game, so they assign the captain a game, and then you could be the captain for a period of time. But you're almost like assigned it. But Kane has been the captain for most of the uh, the Euros. He's a he's an amazing amazing player. He I think got uh, two or three goals in the last game, and that was against Germany. And Germany. Is I would say England's biggest soccer like their Achilles heel. They always typically eliminate them in the Euros and the World well, and didn't everything. He, didn't he get one against Germany and two against? Was it Denmark they played the, or or? Uh, oh no, it was. Uh, I'm I'm thinking the German the Ukraine game. He the got, Ukraine game. Ukraine game. Yes, yes, yes. I confuse the order. He's scored consistently in every game, which yes. is too. Again, as we say, for, it's hard to him, score yeah. in soccer. It's definitely hard to score consistently. And I think a big thing, too, has to be said about the coaching. And the funny thing is, when you watch... Um, I haven't been able to watch Ted Lasso yet, but I did see a clip where they talked about how like the coaching in sport, in, in soccer, it doesn't look like you're doing much. But right. the entirety of the English national team's success now and in the last World Cup can be traced to their new coach, this guy, Gareth Southgate. Um, Gareth uh, Southgate came in to England, he ran their under-16 team uh-huh. for a little while. He was a Middlesbrough player, amongst a bunch of other teams. Uh, he might have played for Spurs. I know he played for Westham for a little while. Uh, but he just brought in this mentality of of the the team. Also, I don't think England has been producing. Like There isn't a, a, a Beckham. I'd say the closest thing now to Beckham is a, is a Harry Kane. But like Harry Kane is a very different guy. Than David Beckham, he's not the flash of Beckham. It's it's 
it's a lot like the Suns. It's a lot like those teams that it's like they're all just fantastic players playing together well. And Gareth Southgate built that. Gareth Southgate really... Um, Made them into a team rather than a group of individuals. Exactly. He took exactly. them and said, hey, for the greater good, we sacrifice and do what we have to do. To, to, because it's not like we're dominating, you know, as great as the history of the great players they've had there. Right. They haven't really been, like you said, they haven't won a World Cup since 66, I don't think, right? No, they, they haven't won a World Cup since 66. And that one is also, like, contested in some people's minds. Like, England won 4-2. to two. Uh, but they're, the goal that kind of shifted the whole thing, the Germans will never concede that that went over the line. Oh, and okay. most people don't believe that it actually went over the line. But like that completely changed the, the thing of the game. And then England, until 2001, would get destroyed by Germany regularly. And then in just a World Cup final, England beats uh, Germany 5-1. to one. And that was such a big moment. I mean, England loses the World Cup and everything. But that was such a big moment for England. There was a popular song called England 5, Germany 1. And it was just them singing that over and over again. And then up until uh, this um, this World Cup, England had not won a game again. Not World Cup, this Euro. Uh, England had not won a game against Germany in 20 years. So really? This was their first time in 20 years beating Germany. And you figure if you slay the dragon that's always over your head... I mean, I don't want to say that they're going to walk into a Euro Cup final or, or win. I don't. England still always does find a way to lose. Um, but I really just want to talk about how great I think that um, Gareth Southgate is. And I think that Harry Kane is the best thing to happen. Both of those people are like the best thing to happen. Now, to Denmark was the, the, the player that had the cardiac arrest right on the field. Yes, yeah. Christian Eriksen. Yeah. So they are playing on a, a ton of momentum and and and, and um, I really emotion. shouldn't say momentum. I yeah. should say emotion. There. I mean, they were showing that. Like, I'm like, I was like, what? Like, I watched the highlight. I'm like, is this guy like? And then they're showing the like them reviving this man back on the, and he's 29 years old. Yeah. You figure these guys are the in the best shape of the of, of athletes in the world. You know what I mean? These guys run up and down, up and yeah. down all the time. It's amazing. But so there's a lot of emotion with that one too. So it's going to be interesting to see if if the really really know, cool thing is that the next game is going to be in Wembley. Right, both are, the semifinals are in Wembley. I believe yes, both, yeah. right? So it's the like, sixth and the seventh or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So England's coming back, playing in English England's national stadium. I think that I mean. Everyone's had a bad year, but as things reopen, right. you know, you have England playing in their home stadium. It could be really cool. Um, oh, yeah. The the thing is, though, like, I also, I respect the hell of the, the team from Denmark. And what what does Denmark have, you know? Like, they don't right. have, so it's like, it's hard to say, like, oh, man, I hope England destroys Denmark. I, I don't. Yeah. I really, I think it's, I, I love international sports. I think it's really cool to see these other countries play and you get to, to kind of see global fandom, which is really, really neat. I don't think anything really meets the excitement of that. I wish I was more excited about the Olympics this year. I still don't know how I feel about everything with that and how everything's going, but th these Euros have been run really well, and it's been really great stories throughout the, the Euros. You don't have, like, the... Sometimes there could be a lot of thing, bad things to go along with, with soccer. I think that so far you're just seeing... Really great games, really great um, players, and like this post-COVID world, 
everyone just kind of coming out and playing really fantastic football. So, so it's great the, to watch. So the semifinals and the finals are going to be at Wembley. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. can you imagine if uh, England yeah. and Italy, let's just say that that's going to be. I say that's like the unofficial like picks for the finals. I've I think heard. Now, it's yeah. Well, it, I think Italy is one of the was the yeah. favorite. Then I think they're they're midfielder or somebody tore their Achilles. Yeah. And I'm not going to say like I know anything about you know, soccer here yeah, right yeah. now, but I know he was like their their mid. I don't know if he was their midfielder. Or, he was their leading scorer, I believe. Uh, and I, I I won't even try to give you his name in Italian, even though I am Italian. I I don't want to screw up this guy's name and everything, but it is exciting. I watched the other day. I watched it, and the thing that the the other part of it is, so you, they scan the the crowd of the the stadium, and you're seeing David Beckham who. Is like like James Bond cool sitting he next is. to Ed Sheeran, yeah, and like who is totally like nerd boy. Sorry, Ed Sheeran, I know you're talented and everything else, but that's the last Don't guy. Worry. Ed Sheeran's doing just fine. That's the. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not like you know. I'm not ripping Ed Sheeran. Trust me, because I'm more nerd boy than you know. I mean, I'm never going to be you know confused looking like Beckham at all. But you don't want to be sitting next to David Beckham. No. Well, he's got a suit. He's working the suit. Hair look quaffed. The guy is like, you know, he is amazing. If he could act, he'd be James Bond. The guy. I think if he had, if he, you know, if he had any kind of acting chops, he'd be up for it anyway because he's just. But he looks cool. I got to give him that. He, is he always like, looks cool. Yeah, he never like. Don't be caught sitting next to. Uh, David just yeah, Beckham. don't ever be caught. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's a little. You don't want to be like scan the crowd and then they, they show Beckham and then you're the next guy they show. It's That's not no no fun. You go from a ten to a two really quickly there, but I mean, but he never won a Euro Cup, Beckham. I no I no. I don't I don't because no no I don't. I think, know we didn't win a World Cup with him. No, England's only so won is he the best? I don't. We'll have to op- we'll do some research on this, but is he the best? English, I mean, is he the most popular English soccer player? I think he's the most internationally known, most popular English soccer English player, soccer player. Right? Wayne Rooney has the most points for England because he's who looks nothing like. If you think Ed no, Sheeran looks right. bad next to him, because you know you have Ronaldo, you got Messi, like they're. I don't want to say head and shoulders above Beckham, but they've won. Yes, they've won. Where? Well, I do not like Cristiano Ronaldo. Ronaldo is a better player than Beckham. Yeah, yeah, and and. Yeah. But they're both good-looking dudes. They are quaffed to the uh, max. Objectively, team. yeah. You yeah. know, you yeah. gotta say they're you know. Quaffed to the max. Absolutely. You gotta look at you gotta look at it that way. But um, David Beckham, unbelievable. So it'll be great for them to win. But Denmark might be the sentimental favorite since that Ericsson. But I know. think there there is a narrative changing for England too. There were people are like, wow, it's really. And I think it's the strength of um, again Gareth Southgate. I also want to just uh, point out another player, Marcus uh, Rashford. Uh, he's a great great midfielder. He's a young guy. Uh-huh. He's re- he's really good. He's been very clutch for England. I just wanted to. I mean, the the whole team is really really good. Um, well, yeah, and then uh, oh, I don't want to get his name wrong, but he plays for Arsenal. Bako Saka, uh-huh. Boy, okay. he, he's Arsenal's my club team in England, and he plays for Arsenal. He's a he's a fantastic player. So I'm definitely definitely I think sentimentally going for England. Uh, but listen, if if Denmark wins, I would not be totally upset. Good for Denmark, you know, and that is. So terrible at 29 to have a heart attack on the field. Right, that's so crazy. You get revived, literally on TV, 
they see you brought back to life. Yeah. That's nuts. I, I was like, you got to be be kidding me here that this they're showing the whole thing and this is happening like i was like you go, this is incredible that this guy is and, and you know it's not like they they were doing it right there they're bringing this guy back to uh, uh, it was I, unbelievable i Thank hope God. it will make I mean, somebody think twice before they get on the ground and really try and sell uh <laughs> no they still they still do it, it it's crazy well, that's the, the italians one thing are about, still in it so, that's the yeah. one thing about soccer that you know i mean out you, you see it and you're you watch like hockey you watch football now, I know they're not padded up as much, but those hits are not like... They roll around and roll around. As soon as the yellow card comes up, they stand up and go, yeah, okay, I'm better now. Well, it's a tag. You're getting stoppage because yeah. the one thing about soccer that no other sport has, there are no commercial breaks. So right, you're, you're playing if you're 45 out there, minutes, but sometimes there's not like... You could be the like the midfielders and you're like, well, we're not really... We're just kicking it. We're moving a little... Look, they're in shape much more than I am, and I'm not ripping... The, Ooh, yes, uh, yeah. the, the soccer players or, or anything like that. But it does sometimes with just the the act. It's like when they take flops in the NBA. You're like, really? You know what I mean? It, and some teams are definitely more culpable than others. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Some guys are better actors than others, okay. And you don't want to belittle somebody maybe getting hurt or whatever. But well, It also goes again to the sport where it's like we, we know that what the sport is in general is tough. And we know that these are the best of the best in the world doing right. it. So that's why it's almost more frustrating as a fan to watch the flop. Because right. it's well, like that's... you are the best in the world playing this at the highest possible level. It's like I get if you're maybe, you know, you're yeah. you're like if you're playing like a club game, like an Arsenal game or whatever, and you're trying to sell in the lower level. But like if you're playing at the world stage, like... Yeah, you know. it's it's. I mean, it's it's one of those things. It's it's. And they're going to add time at the end anyway. Yeah. So if you're down on the on the on the pitch, as they say, for two three minutes, at the end of that forty five minute first half, they're going to say stoppage time. You're still going to play three more minutes, guys, or four more minutes. It's not like the clock's going to run out. So yeah. you're going to replay. You know, you're going to play still the time that you're taking, lying down there or flopping or. And there's sometimes where I do think it must be incredibly painful to get cleats in your. Oh yeah, yeah. no, no, yeah. I'm not saying it because no. look, this gentleman Erickson here, this play, yeah, yeah, that's understandable. That you know, that's not a fake here or whatever. We get that, but sometimes you just like they get up or they're like, "What's going on?" or it's not called. Especially now with all the cameras and the slow mo. When yeah. you see when they right. slow it down, they can like, break they it didn't... down frame by frame. Right, yeah, and like, guys oh. like you didn't. You're not hurt. You're not. Yeah. You're not that hurt. Well, that's how I got into the German national team. It's funny that I like I like both England and Germany, and they both don't like each other. Right. But like for me, it was right. just an outsider's perspective. I can for watch. a lot of reasons. Yes. Yeah. There's <laughs> there are there are reasons. There are more reasons. Like World War Two, we could bring. They up will still sing in the stands. Where were you in '42? Right. Like they, right. they don't they don't mess around. But um, the German team is like known for not. Flopping, like right, they, we they get flop. up, they play, like they play, yeah. and a lot of those Central European teams, like I really love, it's just like, right, we do this. I mean, England kind of falls somewhere in the middle, and you got like Italy or Portugal or Spain that they just like it's it's theater camp. Well, they're out more there. emotional. Yes, you know okay. what I mean. We're more emotional. Yes, us we, Italians we, are very emotional. We wear our heart on our sleeve, and the English are good too at it. Oh yeah, the English, but it's, they're, they're it's, stoic. But yet, when there's time to do it, they can lay the it. The stiff in. upper I mean, lip doesn't yeah. last when. No, not all yeah. the time. Not all the time. But I think that Italy still, we're more of a fiery people. So we've broken down 
we tried to break down the NBA Finals. We may have to do a little. Uh, we've broken down Chris Paul. We've done yes. broken down Chris Paul. I, I basically, it's the Chris, Chris Paul, Paul podcast here. But there's a movie that's streaming on HBO, Zach, and I don't know if Mikey, have you seen it yet? John Hamm's in it. Don yeah. Cheadle. Everyone's in this. Movie. Benicio del Toro. Benicio del the name Toro. of the film is No Sudden Moves. No Sudden Moves. Have you seen it yet, Michael? I haven't, but I was reading that this is the, I was reading about it because I knew that Zach was watching it, and we were going to talk about it a little bit on the podcast. It, it does it have like, is it very involved with like cars? Because I was reading like the articles I was reading was like Fast Nine isn't the car movie you should be watching right now. You know, like this is. Well, but, it, it deals with a really interesting period of time and something that did actually happen. It's not like, I guess... This is like, based on a true story? It, it is based on a true story. I don't know if this heist actually happened. It's not even really... So, I, I don't know what to call if it's more of a thriller than necessarily like a heist. Like It's a Steven Soderbergh movie, so Steven Soderbergh directed all the Oceans movies. We love the Oceans movies. We love Steven Soderbergh. He's a great director but no sudden move is definitely it's uh it's not like a funny movie it's not like a um a caper film it's dealing with they they do steal this like the macguffin of the movie is they have to steal this one document basically and what that document is is the catalytic converter for cars which oh, okay. the catalytic converter. So it's set in what the seventies, eighties. This movie. It's set in nineteen fifty-four. Fifty-four. When it was invented, wow. and that you realize that what I know about cars. Well, no, you do know about cars because what happened was the, um, the, like, not to give the movie entirely away, but all the motor companies realized that like the cars are causing a lot of pollution, and they had this thing that they could stop a lot of the right. pollution in California was the catalytic converter, but they hid the information. For like twenty years, and it wasn't until the seventies oh. that the oh okay, and they were it was proven through like a federal thing that they had basically hidden the the parts for this. So this is about the plans for the catalytic converter. It's that's, but you don't really like the reason why I can say that and not say it spoils the movie is that at the end of the movie they explain what it is briefly in like a little thing, but that's what's basically getting is like the the auto agencies. Are trying to hide the catalytic converter, and apparently, stuff like this did happen. Another great movie that deals with the catalytic converter—that's one of my favorite movies. It's really funny. It's super underrated. The Nice Guys. It's a Shane Black movie with Russell Crowe and Ryan Gosling, and that deals with when the catalytic converter—the last push to. Keep Were they it, like private detectives in that? I saw that. That movie, movie is. Funny as hell. I've seen that movie. It's, it's a Shane Black movie. It's great. If you want a fun movie that deals with, like, a I didn't realize nice, there were two movies ever made about the catalytic converter. Though. The only way I knew anything about the catalytic converter before this was because of. I mean, I know it's in a car. It's like you're right. Yeah. You're right. But it's like I, making a movie about brakes. Like, okay, yeah. hey, if we don't have them. People are gonna die, so we never get you know these brakes in the car. I remember. I had a bad ear infection once, and I saw this Greg Kinnear movie about the guy who invented the windshield wiper, which apparently was a thing. Like, that was a they movie. They did a movie about they that? They did a movie about that, like how he could figure out the interruption in a windshield wiper so you could still see. Was there Jeff Daniels in that movie? I think so. Like, see, I had, like, a raging ear infection, and I couldn't, like... There was an actual movie I, about the windshield wiper being made? What's yes. even weirder I'm calling is that, BS on that one. I'm gonna... No, let me, 
Well, well, I'm going to give well, you. Well, expert, actually, well, you're backing him up to say Jeff no, Daniels. Well, I was going to say, while our, while our expert is looking up it right now, I, for some reason, <laughs> have a memory. movie. Have a weird memory of this movie when it was like the old, like, Model T looking cars, and they're talking about the, oh, wow, I just came up with this thing to get the that rain off of the. Is Flash it. of Genius is the movie. It's a yeah. 2008 movie. Oh, my Where God. does it take place? Like, what? Uh, in, it takes place from 1941 to 1952, but the patent was filed in 1964 for the interrupted gear in the in the windshield wiper, which I've learned from. Uh, so this that is movie. Jeff Daniels. Uh, Ro- Robert Kern uh, is played by the man who invented the the uh, windshield wiper. I guess uh, it was Greg Kinnear. Then Greg Kinnear. Lauren Graham is his wife. I'm trying to get more of the. She's in the here. Gilmore Girls, Lauren. Graham I think thing? so. Yeah. She a Gilmore Girls. Jeremy Mulroney. Oh okay, my God! So far, wow, like... this cast is pretty pretty stacked. You got uh, Tatiana Maslany, is in it. Um, Jeff Daniels. I am not seeing Jeff Daniels. Alan remember. Alda, Dermot Mulroney, uh, Daniel Roebuck. I don't know. Who the that fact is. that you even remember, like, no, was, oh, you know of... what, Michael? Daniel Roebuck, I would describe as the poor man's Jeff Daniels. So. He's okay. a character actor. That might be who you're thinking of. He played <laughs> Jay Leno, I believe. Yes, he did. He did play a, a good Jay Leno. He played in, in Jay the, Leno the in the Talk Show, Wars, Show Wars, Wars or whatever. Again, that is. a movie about the uh, windshield wiper. I guess I thought it was in a fever dream of mine. So right. You know, well, you might have had a fever dream yeah. and he had an ear infection. So Jeff Daniels you may have was, been. He may have been yeah, in the my... movie. He just didn't get. Maybe he was uncredited. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. So there was a movie about windshield wipers. So made, this and movie we can't come up with a movie. They're doing movies about windshield wipers, guys. We got to come up with something here. Well, well if we'll we had a catalytic converter heist movie, we can got it. Right. And both of these movies have absolutely nothing to do with the actual catalytic converter. It's definitely more of an interesting story. I'd say that I definitely enjoyed the movie. The cast is great. Um, it's not an oceans. It doesn't have a lot of fun. So it's, it's a dark. It's a, it's, but it's not a comedy. So it's a, it's a more of a thriller than a dark comedy. Like, yeah, they and, like to do like. And like, the you movie know. you really like Don Cheadle, and I think you really just like the cast. You got David. It's Hart. hard not to like Don. It Cheadle. It really is. So Don Cheadle is like the main guy. So you basically just root for Don Cheadle throughout. So if you like Don Cheadle, which is hard not to, and you like Steven Soderbergh, it's how about good. John Hamm? Is he a bad guy? Like, John you're not Hamm does for some him? great some great John Hamm work. He's doing. I I don't want to. No, you don't want to give away too much to give anything, anything away yeah, about who John Hamm is in that movie. Catalytic Converter Heist. Catalytic Converter. Yes, there, yes. There is there is a surprise cameo in the movie. Uh, there is By, uh, uh, Jeff Daniels. I, I, not Jeff Daniels. Like Dale Earnhardt Jr. I'll just yes. say a uh, a Steven Soderbergh alum shows up in the in the movie. An actor that's you going to keep his hanging, or are you going to you going to break it out? I mean, uh, do do you want to know? Well, I'll post right now. Spoiler warning Spo- for that. So spoiler yes. warning. Matt Damon shows up at the end. Oh, playing Matt Ken, Damon, who like Steven Soderbergh puts him in everything. Uh, I was going to get because you said that I was thinking Oceans. I was like, was it George Clooney or Matt Damon? Yeah, <laughs> like, exactly. You know, I was like, what? Yeah, which, yeah, you know, so he's Matt- already got John Cheadle in it. So. Yeah. yeah. So um, Benicio del Toro's really good in it. Um, I really like from. Uh, the show that you guys keep telling me to watch, I know I have to watch it. Empire, uh, Kieran Culkin, Macaulay Culkin's younger brother. Oh, he was in Scott Pilgrim, right? Yes, yeah. yeah, yeah. He's a great actor. He's in it too. Kieran Culkin, he plays a really, really good. You're talking know. about now. What what Culkin are we talking about? Yeah, now? yeah, yeah. I can't remember. Is the show Empire not the one that you? Uh, not the you one mean one. Succession? Succession. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yes, yes. 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 Is in it. You've got to watch. You've got to watch Succession. And then uh, Dutchess Community College alum uh, uh, Bill Duke 
isn't it playing a great uh, uh, a mob mob boss character? Uh, you can't not not watch a movie. Yeah, no, no, no. If if uh, I mean, uh, most of your children have gone to Duchess. I think, if not all, have spent some time in. Duchess. I think either that or they've at least driven by it. So yeah. it's uh, it, it, it's it's something I don't that think you want to see. Stephen's done any time at Duchess, but yeah, yeah but, Stephen spent time at Duchess. Absolutely. Yeah, so then, yeah. Melissa was the only one who didn't. I don't think oh, Melissa, Melissa, Melissa went, went to yeah, uh, yeah. you know. She had to leave the state. She went yes. to Massachusetts, and then she came back to New York. Wow. She was... I would have felt better about going to Duchess if I know Bill Duke at the time. Bill, no, no. Bill Duke in the day went to Duchess Community College, so it's a really good cast. It's, you know, it's a movie that I haven't seen like yet, and it's not like everything that's been coming out, like these releases that we've been talking about. Um, have, very formulaic. Yeah. Very formulaic. We've been seeing like you know, it's the big action summer movie. It was nice to see a slower paced movie. It's not a heist movie. It deals with the heist. It's a thriller. There's some moments. It's pretty taut. I think it would be something that I definitely think you and Mom should watch. Another catalytic converter movie. But There's a movie, though, that Don Cheetah was in. It was from 2000. And I don't want to go off on it you know, too much, because I, but I do like Don Cheetah. Was it Avengers Endgame? It was called The Guard. It's with Brendan Gleeson. Oh, yeah. And Don Cheadle is in it. It takes place. It's about... In England, right? Right. Yeah. Ireland. Yeah, Ireland. Yeah, yeah. And it's really a good movie. It came out in 2011. It's called The Guard. Brendan, Gle- Brendan Gleeson's a great actor, too. I like Brendan Gleeson. Oh, I love Brendan Gleeson. He is really good. I love Brendan Gleeson. I love Brendan Gleeson's kids. And he does a lot. Don, uh, Donald Gleeson, and I don't remember the other... Uh, uh, the other kid, but well, they're trying to have more information for yeah, you. Yeah, so well, I just know Donald Gleason is definitely more more of the famous, right? But really, but that's that's a really good movie, The Guard. I like. I, I watched. You know, it's one of those movies where I, I it's on like if it's halfway through or whatever, I keep it on. It's Brendan Gleason is so good in that movie. And I'll just go back to the other Cadillac Converter movie. Then the, the, the Nice Guys is a it's a Levon. Every time I watch it, I love it. I love that movie. It's so this is funny. The, it's so good. I say if you want to watch a movie. And you haven't seen the nice guys. See the nice guys first, and then check out the much darker. But much neither one of these you had near infection. It was the, the no. The, it was it was flash of genius. Flash of genius about this is the first time that movie's ever been talked about since that movie's come out. I, I well, think you know what. There's a lot of podcasts out there, Zach. I don't think there's a flash. And of a genius lot of people podcast. like windshield wipers. A lot so of people there may do, be but... one that's you know talking about it, but. <laughs> We don't leave any stone unturned here. This is true. We may not know everything about Chris Paul, but we do know movies about windshield wipers. We know a lot about Chris Paul, thank you very much. That movie's main antagonist was Rain. When it was like so, everybody was so nervous because they're driving their cars and it was raining. (laughs) Yes, it was was It's cloudy out. Is it going to rain? And I think like the FTC... I think that it was like it was like that. There's a lot of courtrooms and yeah. There's a lot of courtroom and patent stuff about the windshield wiper. I can't believe somebody like green light lit that one. Hey, you attacked hey, I got a great Kinnear. movie about yeah. What is it? Well, what? windshield wipers. And Greg. So I'm gonna say two words. And maybe Jeff Daniels would be. And there. maybe Jeff, I think won't. Jeff Daniels turned it down. Yeah, he, he said a movie about windshield wipers. He probably I'm won't not be in that. But, I can't. Yeah. 
I can't do it. So is there anything upcoming? We know Fast is 9. You guys are going to go we, see we that. Are, we, I know that I'm sure that all of our fan is really excited about our Fast review, but we are not going to see that movie until, I guess, we're all together to see it in right. theaters. You can't. We, we had to postpone it. I mean, obviously, last week we can do it. We're not going to do it this week, but hopefully next Friday we, we will get our full it, yeah. review of it. Right. And I'm right. trying to, uh, not that this matters at all, but I've seen Fast 1 through 7. So I'm gonna try. To, I'm gonna watch eight before we see nine, just so I can give. All right. A full... So you, you so you you've seen one through seven. Yes. In the past, like two weeks. Well, not like I mean, I've or three wa- weeks or so. I mean, I won't even say that. Like I've watched this, some of the hits, some of the ones that we like, but I haven't. I haven't watched. Fast okay. So let me ask you, you. You watched one through seven. Though. Yes. How good is three still? Well, three. Is Does still it hold up? Yes. Mm-hmm. That's all well, I'm going to say. I don't see it. Hold up. Three and redefines the entire That's season. what I'm saying. Because Justice you know what, for Han, people. You know why people don't like three? And I'm going to say this again. I've said it. Because there's people that can act in three. Yeah. The only thing that you know, I don't you gotta like about three. you got to bring in Helen Mirren. you got to bring in Charlize Theron. When you had Lucas Black, Bow Wow, and Han. Okay? Those three can hold up against any. Well, also Jason shows, Statham. The Rock. It also shows, hello, too, because like... In Fast 3, like, again, I bring up Fast 3 because we love Han, but then even Fast and Furious didn't want to move on from Han because, like, 3 happened. Right. And then, like, he also, he dies at the end of 3, right? Yeah. But then 4, 5, and 6 happen, and his character's alive in well, it with no mention, but it's it, they're prequels. We're, but we're going to talk about uh We'll, we'll Justin, break it all down. Uh, because it's all Justin Lin. And, but and Shug Kane and and but I the great really thing think, is that like he he's in you know four five and six and they don't even mention to say in any of those that like you know Tokyo Drift is a prequel and then they bring in seven and then they introduce the whole it's a prequel they they didn't even like they killed Han and they're like well we can't do a movie are they gonna bring him. back Gail Gadot is she gonna I come mean, back as Wonder Woman that fights them because... that would be as believable as these movies go but I think that it, the the really there was a really cool thing that happened. It was like people were like, you know, justice for Han because right. what the really stupid thing that and I still don't like. I don't know why they did this. So they kill Han. They realize, oh my god, a yeah. lot of people like Han. What you know, you Hello? want to talk about like representation, and all kind of stuff. Like they had this awesome character who's just. I mean, I still think that Han is one of the coolest characters in movies. I don't love. The and movie, he doesn't have a lot of dialogue in three. When you look at it, he's not like he's dominating, but he's just cool. He is the Toretto character of three. Of three, exactly. It's his club that they end up going to. Like he's the one who's got everything. Yeah, he is. He's he's just he's the coolest character in all of these movies. Um, And I I think that I would just probably rather to watch a just entire just like you you don't watch the rest of the fest. It's just basically Han (laughs) going out. But um, you kill him off, then you, you retcon him, you bring him back, and you say, okay, well, we're going to make it all prequels. Then they still deal with his death, but now you make, like, the guy who killed him, like, a funny character, and you get a movie with The Rock, and then, I mean, a, there was le- legitimately an online campaign called Justice for Han that, like, I don't think it actually, you know, but but it did bring people to go, like, why did we kill this character off? And and we should do something more well, cause for then, Yeah, because then they, they made it, the guy who killed him, Jason Statham. And they're like, oh, well, now he's going to join, because he was the villain in Seven. 
And then for uh, briefly. He, yeah, yeah, he was the villain in seven, but then he's like on their team in eight. He joins their team in eight, which you'd think, you know, Vin Diesel all about family. You wouldn't get the guy who killed your yeah, friend who, to be joining the They group. don't even mention. They don't even mention he dies. Well, you know? let's put it and this then, way. And then he's back. And, yeah. and then they have, like you said, they had the spinoff of Hobbs and Shaw. With Jason Statham on the rock. And so they've been like, oh, we're going to make the most beloved character ever in the franchise die to then Jason Statham, who's then going to replace him as the same character. And it may be a bold claim, us saying that he's the most beloved, but for, for well, me... probably Paul Walker. And Paul, Jim, yes, probably. and Paul, yeah, Paul, Paul Walker, Paul Walker, Paul Walker, Walker yes. Vin Diesel, Not those to give are... A spoiler no, but I, still, Paul I would put Paul away. Walker, but I still think, I don't think Vin Diesel's the most beloved in that I think franchise. Vin Diesel I has think... just made this his life. So right, like, Vin yeah. Diesel's made his life, but I think that fans like Ludacris, like, you know, and, and, and way more than they care about Don. Tom Toretto. Chris like, Ludacris Bridges is fantastic in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> no, and they know. they are, but I still, yeah. I don't think any fans. I mean, and, they added the chick who plays, um, who was, you know, who's Daenerys' like right-hand chick. Oh, oh, all right. Because she, she was in Seven. Natalie. Eight. Natalie um, Dormer. No, no, Natalie, no, that um, was Emmanuel or Manuel. Yeah, yeah Natalie yeah. Emmanuel. Yeah, she yeah. was in Seven, Eight, and now like Nine. Yeah. And she, even the, her character. The one that was. The translator for Daenerys. Yeah. Oh, okay. And she's the hacker. And in, she was in, in love with the the guy with, that was yeah, a, yeah. Was a eunuch one. or, yeah, or, yeah, or yeah, whatever. Oh yeah, yeah. She's but she's, she was. What is she in James Bond too? Or, 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 I think or she's I, in the new She one. might be in the new one, but I don't. Th- I, don't I know she out, came yeah. into Fast while Game of Thrones is still on. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, like right, she's, she's good too. No, like, but, yeah, but, yeah, but like but, she gets more fan love. I feel like I feel like Vin Diesel made this his life, but the fans could really care less if he's in it or not. Can they do, like, they're going to do, obviously, they got to do 10. They have to have a 10, right? Well, he said that they're doing 10 and 11, because this is 9. He said that they're filming them, it's a two-parter, back-to-back, and that's going to end the, the franchise. But this isn't because going away. It's, like, it's like the Super Bowl, universe. you know, when yeah. they had, you know, one, two, three. It would be cool if they could do F and then the X. Oh. But there's the network, right? FX? I'm sure that they Would they be able to work like F-X? Because that would be cool. And you know what? They might be Fox. Well, Disney bought FX, and Vin Diesel does Guardians of the Galaxy. So he might be... So maybe they'll be able to get... Hey, Disney, don't sue me. I'm going to name this one FX. F-10 would be, you know... Yeah. That would be... Well, you know what? Let's and pat- I don't because know it's not furious would, yeah. anymore, and we've talked about that. It's let's, just fast now. Let's yeah. patent it so they can't do it, and they would have to come to us for the. You patent should, yes. yeah. So yeah, they would we'll have to right come to us. Get it? You fast know, it is, you put an F with a car, like as the you as, know as the dash, as the dash, and then X. That would that might work. I don't you do know, F- branding wise, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you never know. You I mean, never. We're just throwing that out there. Somebody might hear this. This is in 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 Sweden or Ghana and think, hey. There's an idea. There it is. But it is the 4th of July weekend, so we yes, want everybody right. to stay safe. That's right. Because we need our listeners to come back to us. I always write the, like the safe end of the fireworks. Always like the safe end of the fireworks. So we are going to uh, end this podcast now. Thank Zach. Thank Mike for being here. And we're going to get uh, Mr. Basketball should be back next week. Yes. I was the to, to break it down. But you no, you did a great job. Mr. Chris Paul. Mr. Chris yes. Paul, we and I just want to say a shout out to Brendan White, our our, our, our who's playing for the player. Western Michigan Whitecaps. His record is two and one. Thirty-five innings pitched, thirty-seven strikeouts, and his ERA is two point two seven. 
So we're going to keep track of this. Is that good? And I am, yeah, it is good. Okay, and cool. I am going to look online and see if I can get a Western Michigan Whitecaps. They're the part of the Detroit Tigers farm system. So I'm going to see if I can get a cap and add it to our collection of stuff in this podcast room. All right, I'm down. We got a lot that. of stuff, and I'm, I'm Zach and I are still just to end it. We are still debating: Am I going to get the Han picture? Are you giving that up? Are you not giving that up? I think it belongs in this room. It does belong in this room. We need a Han picture. We need a Han corner. But I feel like because I already do have my Fast and Furious dice. If you'll notice that, Uh, yes, I got those for you. You did get those, and they're not even the Fast. They're the Tokyo Drift Fast and Furious. Yes, they are the Tokyo Drift. So no one has in their car. No one's. And first of all, I don't think anybody has those. They're not even out of the the packaging. So those are going to be worth something. Yes. Oh yeah. If, if we had a Hans actor sign them, then we will. <laughs> Sun Kane. Yes. Sun Kane. Right? Yep. Yeah. So, happy 4th, and we will do this again real soon. Thanks for listening. Have a good one, guys. Have a good one.